This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Book club. We're talking about the secret lives of church ladies. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> we were not super excited about the book, but it's a good conversation, which leads to another good conversation, which leads to another good conversation. So this is a gateway Kirsten and Kathy are my guests, as always, for Book Club. We chose our Book Club book for next time. It's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. So if you'd like to read that book and join us the first week or two of April, we'll be um, discussing that then. I'm looking forward to that book. Uh, Kirsten read it a while back. She said it was wonderful, and she would definitely reread it for us. And so since we had two book clubs in a row where we were a little under-enthused by what we read, we thought we'd go for a sure thing. (laughs) So hopefully this will be good for everybody. Thank you, everybody, for coming back every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for all your emails. Um, Next week's podcast will be with Mikkel answering all your questions. I am super excited for that podcast to drop. He very graciously spent two and a half hours with us, two hours, something like that. It was a long podcast. So, um Make sure you catch that one as well. Uh, What a generous, gracious guy. And what generous, gracious ladies Kathy and Kirsten are to read books with me every month and discuss. So I hope you enjoy this week's, uh, this month's book club, this week's podcast. Thanks for coming back. And um, here's me and Kathy and Kirsten. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. Ladies. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. You look so much warmer than I do. (laughs) It is really cold today. It It is is. really cold. (laughs) And the people in Minnesota are going, (laughs) (laughs) you people are such wimps. Right? It's not really cold. But to us, it's really cold. I mean, Kirsten's from Canada. (laughs) This should this should be like a heat wave. Yeah, it's just well, here's the thing: the houses out here are not well insulated. That's right. That's honestly the biggest problem because, you know, in Canada, like, yeah, the houses are insulated, duh, like (laughs) well insulated. And so honestly, I feel colder in my house here at 55 degrees (laughs) than I do it like when it's freezing or below freezing back home. Um, You're probably right. You know, we're, we're remodeling this house And we are truly remodeling it. Like the bottom floor is not really a whole lot is changing. And there's no insulation in the existing walls. And I was like, okay, there's this one wall that faces full south. It's my bedroom. 
we're going to rip the drywall out and put insulation in there. If not, it's going to be 190 or five below at all yeah. times. And he was like, we just don't do that. It's just not done in California. I mean, I built a house from the ground up in Georgia with my dad when I was 13. And we insulated floor, ceiling, wall, everything. But they definitely don't do the walls here Mm-mm. unless there's a sound issue. And they don't do the floor. Like, that. it's just not standard. Yeah, we're in the process of a second bathroom remodel. Both of them on the same wall of the house. Neither of them were, the outside walls weren't insulated. I was like, Mm. what is this nonsense? No one's (laughs) freaking cold in here all the time. So we have- It's also, it's an environmental disaster because, you know, we're blasting the air conditioning because in the summer when it's 115 degrees, like there's no other option except for to blast the air conditioning, but it's just like going right- Through the wall. Right out. Yep. Yeah. You don't even have to have a crack in the wall. It just doesn't hold heat. It's like the difference between a solo cup and a Yeti, right? <laughs> totally. If you're going to put something yeah. cold in a solo cup, you, you got about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. A Yeti, you got most of the day. It's the same thing. Um, stupid California. Stupid. Um, book club. Okay. Everybody, read, everybody read the book? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did too. <laughs> Me too, Kirsten. I'm scared to talk about this book because the secret lives of church ladies, right? We read this book because I chose it because it was Black History Month and I thought, let's read a black author. And I read a, a, a good review about this book in a magazine. I don't recall the magazine, but I was like, that's awesome. I'd love to read this collection of short stories by this uh, African-American person. And um, I was super excited about it. But I, but, but I was, I was underwhelmed. I guess that's a good way to put it. I was very underwhelmed. Underwhelmed is a great way to put it because it's not like I hated it. I didn't want to throw it across the room, but if you had texted and said, you know what? I've changed my mind. Let's do something else. I I wouldn't have completed it at all. Right. Right. I just didn't find it super dynamic. I didn't find it terribly interesting there I didn't learn anything new uh I don't know what I was expecting I think I was expecting like the ladies I went to church with were all very different and all had very different stories I felt like this was a variation of the same story over and over and over again um and I was like I got it I got it you have sex too young I got it I got it you have babies too young I got it I got it but not that I don't want to belittle that and that reality i just was looking for more content from story to story you know yeah especially in short stories like it's one thing if you're hunkering down with a novel and you're like okay this is this character's story and but when with the book of short stories i i wanted i wanted them to have have more diversity in the the storytelling like um, you know, just different characters, different different things going on. But I felt like a lot of it was a repeat of what had happened in a previous story. Me too. Kathy, what do you Well, think? I was thinking this morning, I was like, what's the point of this book, right? Like the whole, generally, in short stories, there's like a theme or there's a, something like that you're trying to get across. And this morning I was like, what is that? What is the point of this whole book? What is like, is she anti-religion? Is she like, I don't really know what she's trying to say in these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause religion 
religion or faith or God or whatever certainly doesn't bring her any happiness or any of these characters, any happiness. They're all unhappy when they talk about God or faith or religion or pastors or whatever, right? So like, what's the message? And I couldn't really come up with much of anything. I felt like the unifying theme was that when you think church ladies, you don't think of the sex that's being had. Well, you Um, also think of them as like 75, right? Yeah. Like I don't really think of church ladies as our contemporaries. But I think that in this, the church ladies was just how constrained so many of them were um, by the church or by their interpretation of what they thought they were supposed to be in the eyes of the church or the way that they were raised in the eyes of the church. But again, it just seemed like it was a repeated experience. Mm -hmm. Um, There were several pillars. There were several pillars in the church, like... Um, well, was there, Sadie was one of the older ladies that was someone's kind of ideal in some way. And then the mom of the, I mean, the wife of the pastor who was sleeping with the one's uh, daughter's mom on the side and she started tutoring their son. Like those women were in some ways mentors or examples and they were fully in the church. So they had that repeated character. And I think they had the repeated character of the generation above the person telling the story being very devout. But the generation of the storyteller was like, not for me. That's yeah. not for me. And I would have liked I would have liked it to have been reverse engineered for one story and have someone have no faith and then discover the goodness of church mm-hmm. in a more powerful way. I think one story had a little bit of that, but it was it was kind of like and wah, 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 she, she went to church. It well, there wasn't really anything super great. And you know, clearly this woman um has had some experience in some or or the 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 characters there seems to be a theme about homosexuality in her community and how not accepted it is not only in her community but also in any kind of baptist church that's just not accepted or my experience of it growing up was that that's just a massive sin and you're completely disowned if you're homosexual but there were a couple stories with that i felt and um but again it just felt like Every like you said, everyone was unhappy. I expected one or two uplifting, maybe. Um, I guess being that they're the secret lives of church ladies, the secret lives of a lot of people aren't very healthy. But maybe what if someone seemed unhealthy and their secret life was they were very devout? <laughs> you know, they somehow spun it that way. I don't I think know. None of this one seems of them, very secret, though. Like What'd all of their stuff was very open. Like they all had like a million kids or like there was death and funerals and whatever. Like none of that was very secret. Maybe the homosexuality was very secret, but. Right. I think sex in general was the secret though. Like yeah. homosexuality, but also like. The affairs. affairs and, yeah. Or the, the crushes on someone who was, you know, supposedly inappropriate. I think that um, Leanne, one of the, the only uplifting one to me was how to make love to a physicist. About yes, I like that one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't love it. <laughs> but, well, yeah. see, that's funny. The one I liked the best was the one about the um, Christian husbands. Like that was the only character that I was like, oh, she Which knows one? what she wants. Oh shit, what's it called? Um, 
Oh, I know. Exception That's the one where married she, Christian husbands. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that, actually. That is the one too. I like the best. Yeah, I like that one, too. That's the one where she goes, okay, oh, I'm going to yeah, sleep yeah. with you, but here's the rules. Right. And, and you're not going to compromise who I am because right. of your shit. Like, this is me. This is what I want out of this relationship. And that's that. Yeah. But what was interesting about that one is that it was written, the language that it was written in was almost like a contract. The basics. Yes. Parking, social media and technology, um, about me, your religion, health and wellness. Like, it certainly wasn't a healthy relationship, that's for sure. But yeah, no, that, that was a good one. And that was interesting because it was written in a different way. Um, and now, did you think that was the woman whose mother had sex with the preacher that made the peach cobbler? No. I did. Really? Why? Yes, yeah, because I thought that was her grown up. She was like, I will not be my mother. I don't know how so to be anything else. I just took them as all individual. I didn't connect that at all. I connected those two. And then I also connected her as daughter taking care of the elderly mother who believes the OJ's guy is coming. Eddie, whatever his name is, is coming. Hey, and yeah. even though they have different names, I was like, I, I felt like that was the same character in three different life stages. Um, I could see that. I don't know I, where I went. Okay. That's her as a child. That's her as an adult. That's her as a caretaker. And they're all, she finally found love with this guy that it, as a caretaker when she was older. Um, but was it really, it seems still kind of not. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I did make me think, um, wow, my short stories would be great published. <laughs> <laughs> my my essays would be amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, good for her that she has a book published. That's impressive mm -hmm. and wonderful. And it definitely moved and touched somebody. Um, it did not move or touch me much at all. I was really disappointed, in fact. Um, yeah, it's the first time that I've read um, a book of short stories since. God, I don't remember either. Yeah. School, maybe like 110 years ago. Um, I read I read short stories sometimes with the kids because of like what they're studying in school. Like maybe they're reading a short story in school. I'll mm -hmm. read it and then we'll discuss it. But um, I also just. It's hard. So it's hard for me to to. Um, establish whether it's this specific book or short stories in general, but I was just like not engaged. I wanted to like either know more about a character or I was like, okay, you know, none of like nothing big happened in any of them. It's not, they're not plot he heavy stories, no. which is fine. But then I wanted like to go deeper with the character or just, I don't know. I just wanted more. Yeah. It wasn't enough for me either. Um, the, the good news is it was short. <laughs> it was easy to read. It yeah, was not yeah. difficult to read. It wasn't like you had to drudge through any hard language or, um, you know, difficult sentence structures. It was very easy to read. She's a good writer. Like she's a, she writes kind of conversationally and she definitely wrote in the way some people spoke. Um, and I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed reading the way people speak, not the, which is not proper English as a writer, you know, not grammatically correct. I, I enjoyed that part. Um, and I, it left me want, wanting more. It just wasn't enough. Right. 
Yep. <laughs> now what are we talking about? <laughs> And that's <laughs> okay. Well, I will tell you. So I was audio listening to the invention of wings. You had talked about this book before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could not stop listening to try and read this book. So, <laughs> and like the dichotomy, obviously it's completely, completely different, yes. but in terms of, you know, like, obviously there's a big black component in that book. Um, yeah. And it was so fascinating and so well-written and so entertaining and so deep. And then like, I'd have to stop and read this. I was like, oh, this is not the thing at all. But um, I do really recommend that book. It was so good. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. It's hard when you read a really good book mm-hmm. and then your next book is like, meh. Yeah. And then your next book is like, meh. So is the next book really meh or was that other book just that good, so good. that you've, it's, you've elevated your wants and needs now and it's hard to get them met. I think that happens sometimes. I couldn't put that book down either. The invention of wings. I couldn't put yeah. it down. I read it. I woke up every day and read for 15 minutes and then I'd read some other time in the day and I'd read it at night. It was such a good book. Um, I did not do that with this book. I actually had to sit down. I started it. And the first one I was like, what, what really I didn't like was I read the first short story, which is about, uh, sex. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second story is about sex. And my brain went, oh, is this a book about sex? I don't want to read a book about sex. I mean, I appreciate that you wrote a book about sex. And then I was like, okay, here's another story. Not about sex. Next one's sex. Here's another one about sex. And not, not like 50 shades of gray sex, but. Right. It was about a lot of it was about sex. Um, so um, sorry, my f- teenage daughter is about to. I don't know what you want. I'm podcasting. She's killing me. She's walking around outside with a box of Girl Scout cookies at, like this. I'm like, I don't know what you want. <laughs> Come in here. I think that she, means mom. Can I eat them? No, I think she wants to drive to her friend's house in Westwood and deliver them. That's what she wants. Let me tell her no. Sounds um, oh, she's <laughs> killing me, this kid. Um, Georgia Kreischer came home last night and just dyed her hair red. She came out of the bathroom. and I was like, whoa, you have <laughs> red hair. She's like, yeah, okay. Would have, okay. Guess we don't ask our parents that anymore, do we? Um, okay, I think the weather is too dicey now leave me alone (laughs) okay i think the weather's too dicey yeah she's not used to driving in this there's a lot of wind too just had this conversation i was like you've actually never driven when it's rained i don't think so i'm not super comfortable with you just that scared me See, the dog agrees with me. (laughs) I think the other part of that is that the people in other parts of the country or in Canada are, well, do not understand when they're like, no, these people can't handle a little rain. It's like, no, but we, it never rains here. So literally the last time it rained was so many months ago that like all of the spillage, like the oil slicks mm-hmm. on the road or whatever, they're mm-hmm. still there. So like on the first rain, it's like, it's, it's a lot more slippery than it is. It's like black ice and people don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. No. And that no one here ever drives in the rain. So unless you grew up somewhere where you drove right. in the rain, 
they don't really know how to drive. And believe it or not, there are native Los Angelinos <laughs> in Los Angeles. So there are people who were born and raised here who are all over the highway not knowing how to drive in this weather. Like, I'm totally fine to drive in this weather, even with all the, the spillage like you're talking about, which is, which is very real. But not my 16-year-old. Yep. No, not yeah. quite yet. Yeah. Not that far. It's too far. Yes. 16. <laughs> but they're 16 and they can do anything. <sighs> so, so um, would I recommend this book? Nah. Nah. I mean. I didn't yeah. hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I, it was fine. Yeah. It was okay. It was underwhelming. I think that's the that's a good adjective. It was a good word. Yeah, although you guys, I'm an idiot because um, so you know I started this book club with my mother-in-law and my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were hemming and hawing and saying, What should we read for our next book? We had our first book club meeting. It was very successful because we read a, a book that was really one of those books that you have to discuss, like you just have to discuss it. And um so I they were like hemming and hawing. And my mom was like, you know, let's do something for black history month and let's do a black author. And I was like, you know what? I already have this book. I'm already reading this. I'm, I knew I was going to be busy with work and with school this month. So I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm so smart. I'm going to do this for both. <laughs> Not so smart when you don't like the book because now I have to discuss it twice. And I'm like, I, I haven't had that meeting yet. And I'm like, I don't have anything to talk about. I didn't really like it. What do you think they're going to well, say? Yeah, it'll be interesting. interesting to hear their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> to see what they think. Right. Although, again, like there was so much sex in it. I thought it was going to be a safe one, The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, to discuss with my mom and mother-in-law. I don't really, then I started reading all the sex and I was like, oh, great. I have to discuss this with my mother-in-law. <laughs> Sounds like Are fun. I very religious. Are either no. of them church ladies? No. Um, one is Catholic, but doesn't really attend church on a regular yeah. basis. Um, yeah. Catholic light. Yeah. She's Catholic light. So I think you should record that uh, book club <laughs> and we can post it as a companion piece on Wife of the Party. Kirsten discusses sex with mother and mother-in-law. <laughs> brilliant i think that's a brilliant episode so you'd go ahead and do that just turn it into halston i mean that would be more interesting than the book itself i think (laughs) exactly we gotta give them something over here yeah i was bombed and i feel like we felt that way about the last book too just yeah so what are we gonna read now i don't know you know i've read a bunch of really good books recently um but they were not those two books, unfortunately. <laughs> so any suggestions for our next book club book? I like that we kind of decide and then we tell people, hey, this is what we're reading. And then they can read along and then listen. Yeah. I brought a few ideas. Oh, great. But if you have any ideas and they're a little bit all over the map. So I want to hear someone, someone recommended this book to me. It's Maria Shriver's book. I've been thinking. Oh. So apparently it is a book where every chapter is very short it's a thick, long book, but it's it's like 200 pages. But maybe this is something you do every day, so maybe this won't work. Yeah, I, 
So each each chapter is only a couple pages long, and it's kind of like what she's thinking about and what she's kind of praying about or meditating about. And I've had two people recommend it to me and say it was just a really good book. It was like, um, like 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 food for the soul kind of book. Um, so there's that possibility. Maria Shriver, I've been I love thinking. her. I love her too. Um, this book was recommended to me that I read. Um, uh, she read it with her kids, but she was like, I would just read this book if my kids were not involved. Um, it's called, I will always write back. This is a, a book about pen pals that started in like elementary school or something. And they ended up being pen pals forever. So it's some of their correspondence and some of what's going on in their life at the same time. And uh, she said she literally book club this with her kids over the summer, but she was like, I couldn't put it down. It was such a great book. So I thought I'd recommend that because I've Ooh. been wanting to read that. Uh, Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection. Loved I, it. I have started reading it, but I never finished it. And I was like, maybe if, I, and it's not very, it's not very big. I um, read it last summer and loved it. Oh Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. we shouldn't do that one. The other one is a classic I have never read, which is um, The Color Purple. Oh. Has anybody ever read it? Have you guys read that? I have not read that, read that either. I've I read, never it read it many moons ago. So those are my four. Did you ladies bring any suggestions to the party? <laughs> Wife of the party? Did we bring anything to the table? Um. Yeah. <laughs> to the party at Wife of the Party. Um, well... I have one book that's been on my list for a while that I just haven't read. I don't know why. It's called it's, Untamed. Oh, Untamed. By Glennon Doyle. Oh, it was great. Was I it? I, it was recommended at some point a while ago, or I read a review and I was like, oh, I really want to read this. And it's just been, it just keeps getting moved down, but that's on my list. Yeah. It's definitely a good I'm one to discuss down. too. Is um, it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I read it when it first came out. So was that maybe like six months ago, a year it's ago? It's been on my list for a little while, um, easily six months. So yeah, I would need to reread it. Um, but yeah. it was, it was good. Well, okay. but is it, is fiction? No, no, it's actually in self-help. It's, I think it's like, it's memoir. It's, do you know, Glennon Doyle? She's, um, she started out as a, a Christian mommy blogger. Um, and sort of evolved and she's written at least one other book, maybe two other books. I don't know. Um, but she, she ended up getting divorced from her husband and she married Abby Wambach, the, um, the soccer star, female soccer oh, star. Oh, okay. Um, and so this, oh, so Untamed is about, um, I just looked it up. Yeah, I think I think Untamed is the one that is that deals ex about. Oh wow! Okay, I'm in love with a woman. Here oh, we go. Interesting. And uh -huh. yeah, but it's, but it's more that. than that. Yeah, it's like um, I would definitely read it again. Um, okay, should we read that one? Sure. Sure. Okay, so Untamed. All right, there we go. Wow, this is the easiest book club ever. Easiest book happen? club ever. And we're all done. What else can we talk about? I, I didn't even make a list. I usually make a list of like, what are you going to talk about now? Um, what's going on in your lives? What's happening? You're remodeling a bathroom? 
remind, oh, yes, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> Going that well, huh? <laughs> it's fine. It's just, it's long. I didn't want to, I didn't want to start this project. That is really the bottom line. I did not want to do this project at this time. And my husband just couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. I just couldn't hold it back. And now we're in the middle of this remodel that I'm not happy about. And here we are. Why are you not happy about it? I just didn't, I really didn't want to do it. It was one of those things where I was like, I know if we start this project, it's going to take longer than I expect Mm -hmm. um, because that's what happens with construction. He always thinks, you know, and with us doing it ourselves, he doesn't have as much time as he thinks he has. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, anytime someone says, oh, let's have a cocktail. My husband's like, yes, I'm in. So like anytime that there's a spare moment, he would rather do something other than complete the remodel. So that's challenging. Yes. Um, Some of that is Burt Kreischer's fault. And, I know, apologize. I wasn't going to go there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it is because Burt Kreischer has been like, sunset cocktail outside. Stephen yeah. Frumkin's like, be there in five. And I'm I know, like, he's like, yeah, yeah gonna kill I'm me. in. <laughs> Cigar, glass of whiskey. And I'm poor Kat. I'm like, poor Kathy. Sorry. (laughs) I and whatever. I can't control that boy anyway. Um, And, you know, part of me was like, I'm done. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. But I was like, all right, I'm done with this house. Like, I'm ready to move on. I was like, I don't care if this bathroom is remodeled. Let's just sell it and move on. And he was not willing to do that. He's like, we have to finish this one last room before we can sell and move on. So anyway, we're just at different places. So yeah. whatever. it is what it is. And now we're in the middle of it and it's happening. So it's, it's happening. And it looks really not. good. He's done a really good job and it's going to look great when it's done. But right. I'm just tired of dust and being dirty and like just everything being out of order and, ugh, you know. Yes, I do. I understand yeah, completely. Exactly. Yeah. So. At a certain point, you're like, I need this to be over. Like, yeah. I just need this to be over. Right. And the inevitability of it not being over for probably longer than you would like is exhausting. Right. And it's not even like, it's not even that it's that long, but we have just been doing back to back projects. So it feels like literally we started last February and we've been in construction since last February on various projects, like major bathroom construction. Right. And I'm like, I just, I'm done. I want a break. But yeah. so you'll there's get definitely break. more things I could bitch about. So I should not <laughs> be complaining. It's fine. It'll all be fine when it's done. So um, it'll be beautiful when it's done. My it'll children um, started back to school this week, sort of, um, which has been uh, very interesting. Yeah. How so? So, um, so they're only going back one day a week and they're not going back on the same day, which is you know, each grade basically goes back one day a week. Um, so that it's very limited in terms of the number of students on campus and whatnot. And Lily actually hasn't even gone. She goes on Friday and Max went yesterday, but like the change in him is remarkable. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's like, they're not even doing in-person classes. He goes to school. He's in a classroom with a couple of friends. They, the juniors were allowed to pick which friend, which cohort they were in. So they could sign up a maximum of five students per classroom. So he could be with his friends and they're all zooming when they're there. They're not all in the same classes. Um, so he said that was a little bit tricky. Um, he needs better earphones, but 
he was just a different kid when he came home yesterday. Like, even though it was still zoom, he got to see people that friends that he's friends with, but has sort of lost touch because he's not great at the zooming or FaceTiming or whatever, or if they're not playing video games, he doesn't necessarily see them or talk to them as much. So just kids that he enjoys that he hasn't seen. And it's been literally a year. Yeah. So it, it was, it was really, really good to see. That's great. Yeah. So, and how do you feel that you felt like it was handled appropriately protocol wise? Yeah. Safe. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to fill out this thing online before you are even allowed on campus, like this whole screening and then they take your temperature. Um, and you know, there's only a maximum of five kids in the classroom. You have to wear a mask all day. Like it's, you know, as good as it can be. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was yeah. only the junior class on that entire campus. Mm-hmm. So there's what, 120 kids and right. not all 120 kids went back. Only right. about 50% went back. So you're like, okay. <laughs> not a big deal. It's not. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is it ideal? No, but it's better than him sitting in his bedroom all freaking day long. So it's amazing when we just shifted the girls over to the ADU. And they sit, they, we, we bought a long, like an eight foot long folding table so they could sit side by side at the same table. And uh, Isla just kept saying, it's just so nice to be sitting next to somebody while you're learning Mm -hmm. to not just be at a desk by yourself all day long. And she was like, even though I'm not, they've got their earbuds in, they're not learning the same thing. She just kept saying, it's just so nice to be next to somebody, even though it's her sister who's in the next room here. It's just gives them some kind of illusion that they're in a social setting, you know, just that one thing. Um, I have to share a really funny story about Isla. Oh boy. Bert's going to kill me because he's going to write this as a bit because it's just so delicious. So she, she's done with her braces. She's freaking done. She's had them forever. Mm-hmm. And our orthodontist, we have the same orthodontist Kathy's kids had, yeah. said to her, this is going to be a long haul. She had such a severe overbite and buck teeth, but her overbite was so severe, our medical insurance is paying for her orthodonture. It was considered a medical condition because it was like 11 centimeter overbite or larger is an actual medical condition. Hers was like 14 centimeters or millimeters or whatever the metric, whatever. Millimeters. Um, whatever it is. Centimeters would be really bad. <laughs> would be like- She'd look like a Simpson character. <laughs> You know what I mean, okay? It was bad. So I think she's lost sight of where she started and she doesn't understand the end game. And she was just freaking done. And uh, the ortho, she was supposed to go to the orthodontist yesterday and it was supposed to be a very long visit. He at least gave us the courtesy. He usually you show up and you're like, okay, you're going to be here for an hour. Okay. And you're like, wait, what? You have no idea. But this time he actually gave us the courtesy of saying, this is going to be a long visit. We have to add extra things in her mouth. She has to have some kind of spring put in. So I told her that because of her anxiety. I was like, this is going to be a long visit. And she was like, I'm done. I'm done. I do not like what's happening in my mouth. This is changing my face. I actually, she said this to me. I actually have an underbite now. And I went, <laughs> you have an underbite? <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she goes, look. And I go, that's not an underbite. This is an underbite. You heard this? And she goes, no, look, 
And I go, no, that's what it's supposed to look like. I love She was like, no, no, no. It's changing my face. I walk around like this all the time. <laughs> People think I'm mad. And I was like, okay. And she goes, at what point do I get to say enough? I mean, it's my body, my choice. And I was like, I, 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 I don't think that applies to orthodonture. My body, my choice does not apply to orthodonture. We are trying to get you to grow into your fucking jaw. My body when you're halfway through the treatment. It was like my body, my choice. I literally was like, I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, like you don't have a choice. Like you're 14 and you don't have a choice about this. This is actually a medical condition. You don't just have crooked teeth. You had a fucked up upper palate. We are not, I mean, I said to her, this is preventative. This is preventing you from having to have your jaw broken. This is preventing you from having TMJ. This is this is about your health. It's really not about. And then I was like, I don't even know how to argue with her. <laughs> so I just pushed pause and went to tell Bert. And he was like, oh, if you don't think that's ending up on stage, you're out of your mind. My body, my choice <laughs> about your braces. <laughs> that's funny. She kills me. So I called the orthodontist and explained to him what was going on in her brain. And he goes, <laughs> okay. He said, believe it or not, this happens a lot uh, with our long haulers. They, they just lose sight of what's happening. And they get really frustrated because all their friends have gone in and out of braces, in and out of braces, and they're still stuck in them. So he's like, I think we need to go back in, take pictures, take x-rays, and have like a basically a, a, a consultation, a Zoom consultation going. Look where you started. Look where you are now. And the finish line is right here. So we're going to my body, my choice, my way <laughs> to finishing this process. <laughs> but I was like, I, I love that plan because I, I don't think she'll ever sit in that chair again because, you know, she is developing an underbite. <laughs> oh like a legit underbite. You've overcorrected her. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was hysterical. And at the same time, she was a disaster. She went in her room and literally sobbed for like two hours over this. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I got to separate the two, right? She is genuinely a wreck about this. She's not making that up. So let me figure out why she's a wreck and address that. But the other piece, <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? I have an underbite. <laughs> So Bert and I started texting her these horrible giffies with, <laughs> with like, you remember the cartoon dog that had to underwrite like this and he talked like this? <laughs> he kept texting her and she got going, stop, stop. And we're like, well, I'm pretty sure you don't have this condition. Just saying. <laughs> we're like, we might not have parented that exactly right. Because we just couldn't believe. I walk around like this all day. You have to make an effort to make that face. You do not have an underbite. <laughs> oh, poor thing. <laughs> poor thing is right. It's never dull with that kid, I have to tell you. <laughs> it's hard to be 14, Leanne. <laughs> with, a, with a severe underbite. With a severe underbite. <laughs> yeah. Bert was like, oh, don't lay down. Drool's going to start falling out of that underbite. She's like, shut up. 
<laughs> oh my god poor little kid <laughs> i know we kept saying it's so bad to have parents who care <laughs> who say this is not a regular overbite we should maybe get this handled and then take you to i don't know an expert in the field who only does specialty mouths he doesn't do regular people's mouths Call me crazy. I think he's definitely not going to overcorrect your <laughs> overbite into an underbite. I mean, <laughs> too far. Sorry. Start over. Undo the crank. Undo the crank. <laughs> Do either of you have any fantastic stories like that about your children? <laughs> it's hard to top that one. That's, that's <laughs> it's hard to it is. Yeah. You know, she's got an active imagination. I can say that. <laughs> Very active. Emotional life. Um, what else is going on, ladies? Re your rem what are you what's going on with you, Kirsten? We're Kathy's remodeling a bathroom. I'm dealing with a severe underbite. <laughs> what's happening with you? <laughs> um, I'm uh I have a month left of my second writing class. Um how's it going? I'm Great. Um, we had we've had nonstop drama in this oh, class. No. What do you um, mean? Is this a repeat of the first class, or is this a different topic? Um, it's so. Um, the fall was memoir one, and um, memoir two started in January, and it was with a new teacher. Not not new, but new to to me. Yeah. Most of our class um, folded into the next class, and then um, there were two people that we hadn't had in class this fall. And, um, after the second or third class, um, we got an email from UCLA saying, um, that our teacher wasn't going to be teaching us anymore. Why? Um, it was, uh, it's unclear. Um, I think, I think it was, um, something medical probably because um. they couldn't talk to us about it, but, um, so we ended up getting our teacher, our beloved teacher from the fall ended up taking over the class. So even though the first teacher was great, the second teacher we adore, like she was fantastic this fall. And so we're having a great experience there, but, um, there's been a lot of class turnover. <laughs> Why? People um, leaving? People dropping out? Yeah, but well, most of it has been work related. People do like, and you know, somebody dropped out who's not necessarily a writer. I think maybe just taking the class for, um, like for fun and then had legit, like heavy, heavy workload for her day job. So, but it just seemed like every week we were getting an email going, Oh my God. Like, so it was, <laughs> I'd come out of the office and my kids would be like, any tea uh, from a writing class? <laughs> like, yeah, you better believe it. Uh, um, but yeah, no, uh, it's going really well. Um, but now trying to decide what to do next because UCLA doesn't offer the next level um, in this class until the fall. And I, you know, I've got momentum going now. I want to finish this book. Heck yeah. Um, That's so, great. Yeah. Just the momentum is great. Out. So is Camille going to get her driver's license? Uh, eventually. Um, she doesn't want to deal with the DMV during the pandemic. Don't blame her. Um, so. well, I knew she was the Forever. age to be dealing. but I Yes. Didn't know. Yeah. She turned 16 um, in May. She mm. will turn 16 in May. And um, so, you know, yeah, before the pandemic, she was sort of counting down the days until she could go take her learner's test. 
and she's just sort of, it's on, on hold. Yeah. Yeah. We're still practicing driving in parking lots, but that's good. So does she have her learner's permit or no? No, 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 no. 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 Okay. She'll get it. Yeah. It's a weird time. I was just curious if you were enjoying that path yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I was going to drive with that underbite. (laughs) I hit the steering wheel. (laughs) We got to do that with her soon too. (laughs) 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 I'm such a bad person, but I can't stop laughing about that. I've laughed about it for two full days. Like just keep, it hits me and I go, well, it's just your underbite. Oh, with the steering wheel. <laughs> Poor thing. Anyway. I'm like, uh, I know I haven't seen her in a while, but I see her on Zoom for Girl Scout meetings and I really haven't noticed any underbite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nor I, nor anyone except her, apparently. <laughs> um, well, how do you feel Camille's going to be as a driver? Um, cautious. Mm. <laughs> so far. That's good. Very. Uh, yeah, to a fault. Um, mm-hmm. Slow. <laughs> slow. Yes, I know. We had to have a lot of talks about that with Georgia. Yeah. Bert was like, there is such a thing as too slow. Yeah. Like if you go too slow, someone will hit you. And they won't even really be doing anything wrong per se. You know, yeah. uh, if you go so slow, you're just going to get hit. You have to You have to find like the middle. You have to get you have in to the not middle. not disrupt the flow of traffic. That's exactly. what I kept telling Lex because he was driving. I was like, I could walk faster. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to actually step on the gas. Um, but yeah, it, it's, although <laughs> that may be better than going too fast, but yeah, uh, Georgia yeah I think it's pretty normal that yeah. they're that scared. Yeah, I think so. Georgia overcorrected at this point. She just drove me home. Her car, you know, she got rear-ended. I talked about that before on this podcast. And we finally got the insurance company of the person who hit her to get all their ducks in a row. And we were able to take her car into the shop. It's been there for, this is the third week. They're waiting on a bumper that's on back order with no estimated time of arrival. No idea. And they won't give me the car back. They won't put it back together and give it to me till the part comes in. It's got to sit at that auto place. Oh, that's annoying. Disassembled while I don't have a car for her. So um, I guess uh, the body shop went back to his insurance and was like, you need to provide um, a rental car for them because we just don't have any kind of end date. So I think we're getting one that I will be driving and George will be driving my car, you know, because you can't rent a car at 16. Uh-uh. So, um, but so she drove me home. We, I, they go to school over at the house we're remodeling. So I went with her. I had a ton of vendors to meet this morning. And then she just drove me home in the rain going 50 on Boulevard. And I was like, slow down. She slowed down to like 47. Slow down. Slow down to 46. I'm like, Georgia Chrysler, it is raining. You yeah. are going faster than the speed limit in the rain. Either slow down or pull over. And so she slowed down finally. But I was like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Isla told me you drove fast, but that's not good. She overcorrected in that area, I think. <laughs> How are your husbands? Everybody okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's doing okay. It's taken him a long time to recover from his back injury on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Did he really hurt himself? He definitely tweaked his back. Yeah, so he has a um, a herniated disc, and you know, every once in a while, it gets knocked out of whack or whatever. And he, 
was exercising and lifted something on Saturday and he was a wreck for days. Um, he was finally recuperating. Yeah. Oh um, Lord. I'm but then sorry. He also, you know, he also doesn't really stop because he knew, <laughs> you know, on Sunday I was like, this is our only day to do any bathroom remodeling. And I know you hurt yourself yesterday, but you chose to do that instead of the bathroom remodel. And then you chose to compensate by drinking lots of alcohol to cover the pain. <laughs> so I only have so much patience for uh-huh. you today. So yes. he, of course, was like, all right, fine, I'm tiling the floor. And then, which of course did not help his back at all, crawling around on the floor and right, right. lifting big, heavy tiles. But anyway, I think he's it better. Is you know what? I just had a realization. I've been trying to find two people to do an episode about anxiety with who don't actually have anxiety themselves. And I realize the two of you have people that you love that are close to you that have anxiety issues and you don't have them yourselves. I would love to talk about that somewhat. What'd you say? I say I'm a little anxious. <laughs> yeah. A little anxious is yeah. a little different yeah. uh, than the person I live with. That yeah. has anxiety disorder issues, right? Uh, um, not, not, uh, he yeah. ain't just. I think everyone has some anxiety. Yeah. He, he needs more than a nerve pill from time to time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a little bit more than a nerve pill. This week's been a dicey week, but I tried to have this conversation with someone else who was just not willing to really talk about it. But I don't, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it now, if you want to think about it and we'll do another episode about it. But I want to talk about what it does to you when that person has anxiety. I think um, this is what I was trying to say with the other person I was trying to talk to about it was, let's go ahead and stamp their anxiety as worse than anything we feel. It would be horrible to live with anxiety. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It is so awful. Um, I, I hate it when Bert gets in that chemical anxiety place where he cannot be reasoned with. He suffers so much and my heart goes out to him. But there is a whole thing that happens for me too. And I feel like <clears throat> the person who lives with the person with anxiety doesn't get to have a voice and just say, this is bullshit or whatever you feel about the, the for me that's what i would say this is fucking bullshit now i at the same time completely feels terrible for him and what he's going through is that something you'd be willing to talk about sure um you don't have to if you're not we'll, comfortable we'll talk totally after fine. this no okay. my my only thing is i don't really like to um we don't talk have to say who about, the person is that has anxiety yeah no, well, no i don't need yeah, to know maybe. that Okay. I don't need to know any of that or any specifics about that other than a person who is living in a household where somebody is experiencing. Yeah. 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 I could probably do that. Cause, uh, <laughs> cause I'll just, I'm happy to lay out all of Bert's anxiety stuff and you can, <clears throat> I'm sure most of it you can relate to some of it may be more extreme. Some of it may be less, but it's all kind of very similar, <clears throat> but I'm dying to have that conversation. Um, because I, there are so many people who live with and love people who have terrible anxiety disorders, who I I feel for a long time, I felt terrible for feeling some of the feelings I had. And I would talk about it in therapy and she would go, no, 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 no. You can hold two things at one time. 
you can feel terrible mm-hmm. for him and have so much sympathy and empathy and and love and concern and patience. And you can also feel this whole other thing that has nothing to do with him at all and has to do with your experience while this is happening for him. And I just don't think people talk about that enough because it seems shitty from the outside for you to have any of these feelings uh, because that person is suffering so much, you know? So I just find that, I think that would be a very valuable conversation. Definitely. Um, I think, and I think there's that side of it. And I think the other side of it is also, um, you know, over empathizing and sort of like that the anxiety becoming contagious, like mm -hmm. infecting other people in the household. Absolutely. Um, Because that, that is one of the, you know, anxiety is one of the rare, um, you know, non, non viral things that really is contagious. contagious. (laughs) It legit is. (laughs) It is. Okay. So maybe we'll schedule that for another podcast, but I think that would be such a valuable conversation. I think it would be valuable for me personally to hear what other people's experiences are living with someone who has anxiety because I um, have never really found anybody who's willing to, um, to, to, to be a human about it. Does that make sense? They're all Christ-like. And I loved, I would love to be Christ-like, but sometimes I go, fuck you in the closet when I've spent a day with somebody just being completely out of their goddamn mind. And I, I don't think Christ would do that, <laughs> but I do. Cause I go, I've had enough today. I've had enough. It's day you four. You're not a church lady. <laughs> I'm not a church lady on those days for sure. But okay, well, we'll schedule that because I just think that would be super valuable um, for me <laughs> and then, but thereby for other people. Um, so anyway, if you change your mind in any way, either, either of you change your mind and go, I don't want to talk about it. I completely understand. Um, totally. No problem. Um, what else is going on? Anything else? <laughs> so we're reading Untamed. We're reading Untamed. I'm looking um, forward to that. I saw a show that I thought was really interesting. Um, I believe it's on Hulu. It's called Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. Huh. It's um, so it was a I gotta write this down. theater experience um, in New York. It's not really it's not a play. It's not a he's a magician, but it's sort oh, of I've seen something about this. It's yeah. supposed to be great. I I loved it. Richard liked it, didn't love it the way that I did. And I was like, give me more. And um, so is it a series or no, it's just it's just one show. So it's like they filmed the um, the show, his uh, but it's it's well, it's not like it's not like the old like filmed theater stuff where you go, this is a drag. It it was really well done. but it's just, it's very interesting. It's hard to describe. Hmm. Um, but he's also written a memoir that I just, that literally just came out yesterday. And I'm already like halfway through because it's, because it's good. He's just interesting. That's very um, cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, very yeah. cool. It's not anything know. that I've done, but I sat on the couch and I watched a show. <laughs> well, <laughs> This may not have been a, I, I, I came up with a, 
in hindsight, not a very good plan for a show for us to watch together as a family. The three women in my house are enjoying it. (laughs) It is The Stand by Stephen King, which is one of my favorite books we talked about last book club. Yeah. And coincidentally, CBS uh, Plus or Paramount Plus just released The Stand. Um, on their streaming platforms, and it is starring some pretty big people like James Marsden and Amber, whatever her name was. I can't remember, married to Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Heard. and um, Whoopi Goldberg, and um, the Mr. Skarsgård that was in um, Big Little Lies, or what was that? Big Little oh, Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander, I can never remember his first name. So, some pretty big name people. Um, it's really well acted. And and really good, but it is about a pandemic that wipes out wipes out wipes out ninety nine point five percent of the population. And Bert Kreischer sweats through every episode. Literally, is pouring sweat. And I keep saying we don't have to watch this. And he keeps going, no, no, no. I I I think it's actually really good show. It's just giving me terrible anxiety. <laughs> so I keep saying, let's watch something else. Let's watch the history of food in America. Don't you want to watch that? Boring as shit, but let's watch that because your anxiety is ha. But he won't do it. He keeps going back every night. Let's watch the stand. So for anybody looking for something, it is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, It is not shot the way the book is written. It's very out of order and kind of, they really reimagined it, which I think was very smart. So for anybody who's read the stand, don't expect it to start at page one and go through. It doesn't. It starts kind of like, middle of chapter three or four and then goes back and forth and it's pretty well done the girls love it um the the people that in this pandemic have a super flu and they make so much congestion in their body that they have this like inner tube looking uh glands full of like congestion (laughs) they call it tube neck and i i got something in my throat today in my mask and i coughed and georgia was like "Uh uh-oh Tube neck. Here it comes. There's the tube necks coming. <laughs> can you have a tube neck with an underbite? <laughs> it would drain automatically, the tube neck, wouldn't it? It would drain right out of the underbite. So Isla's safe. Yeah, right. She She's could just lean in. She's the 0.5%. She- <laughs> so anyway, we're watching The Stand, and we're really enjoying it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The girls are too. They love it. And you know what I think they love about it actually is it is similar to what's going on now. So it's kind of a way to process what's going on now. If you weren't Burt Kreischer who goes, this is exactly what's going on now. When did he write this book? He wrote this book in 1989? Fuck. Seriously? How did he know this was going to happen? It's the same exact thing. And I'm like, it's not the same exact thing. The government like released it on on the people back then. Oh, same thing. How do you know the Chinese government did not release it in China? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, if you're interested. (laughs) That's super relaxing. (laughs) I don't know. For the girls, it does seem to like, you know, kind of help them process what's going on now on some level. I don't know. They're Mm -hmm. laughing about some of it that's really not laughable which I guess you could think is kind of sick, but it does, it's not coming across as sick in the moment. In the moment, it's coming across as like, as, as coping with something that's quite serious. 
Does yeah, that make sense? You know, that yeah. reminds me of um, Saturday Night Live just did a sketch on uh, um, like a, like an ad, you know, like one of the pre, uh, um, pre-filmed ones. And it was about women, <laughs> like middle-aged moms um, waiting till their husbands leave the house. And then they watch like murder TV or murder podcasts they listen to murder podcasts and they're like, Oh, like just, you know, checking email and like watching about a serial killer or something. And it was like, it's obviously a comedy, but um, there's, there's really something true to that. Like there is like, there's been this proliferation of all of these like murder books, murder shows, murder podcasts, because there is this, you know, generation, these, you know, a lot of moms like who have, I think that you're right. I think it is a way of processing things. It's not that these moms are processing like murders, but it's not in the same like direct correlation, but there's something about like horror and it, that makes us process our own lives and sort of puts things into perspective that it's like, Oh, that's scary. I can have that uncomfortable conversation with the teacher now or or whatever the stupid little thing that is fearful. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it does help them process the world in a different way. Um, I mean, George has laughed through this whole show and I'm like, I don't know if that's really laughing, but it is kind of ridiculous that these necks fill up with snot. Basically (laughs) they're full of snot. And then one person turned this dead body over and you heard it go, and you're like, ah, so gross you know a lot of Stephen King is really gross um and gory like yeah. and just kind of gross I mean no one thinks of snot like excessive snot as gory but it's pretty gory <laughs> like like all the people with this problem their snot is so much that it's like running down their yeah. whole face oh, and dripping God, off of the mess <laughs> so it's not blood and guts and like brain I don't know if I can handle that actually snot is enough so right snot is enough it's yeah. really gross More it's really really gross like I'd almost rather see blood and guts to see everybody would just yeah. um but they think it's hysterical and I I'm you know if you think about it our numbers in Corona are far better than 99.5% fatality. <laughs> so, so they must be thinking, oh, this is okay. So can you believe Florida and um, Texas are fully open? Uh, yeah, I believe it. And a be- I mean, apparently Bert was telling me Florida's numbers are no different than here. Yeah, Texas is pretty close to our numbers too. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, it gives me a lot of feelings. I mean, I, you know, I don't agree with it. Um, I just um, read about a study of the flu um, in pediatrics. So children getting the flu. Um, This was from, it showed the statistics from, it was 2017 to 2018, 18 to 19, 19 to 20. And um, it was about fatalities pediatric fatalities from the flu. Mm-hmm. So even though we have flu shots now, you know, a lot of people get flu shots um, and the flu, you know, for some people is not a big deal, but every year close to 200 children die from the flu. Wow. So like, I think the lowest year it was like 150 in the United States. Wow. Um, it was like 195, 150, one, whatever. It close to like between 150 and 200 kids die from the flu. And last year, one, one pediatric fatality from the flu 
in the United States. Wow. So crazy. What that tells me is that, you know, the, the distancing, like my, one of my daughters has been saying, you know, even when this is all over and we're back to like, maybe we're not wearing masks anymore. She said, I think I'm always going to wear a mask during flu season. She said, I think I'm always going to wear a mask on the air on an airplane and during flu season. Hmm. Um, and it like, it really made me think about that because, you know, that's, that's the variable that's different. Like kids haven't been in school. Like they haven't been, you know, it's been really hard to pick up a virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I had to work a lot harder to get a virus. Um, but also, you know, the masks, like the mask wearing clearly works. Well, yeah. I mean, it, well, I think it's a common that's just kind of what people do in Japan. People who live in Japan, they just wear a mask during flu season. Mm-hmm. And so for, for Corona, it was not a big shift for them. Um, it may be a cultural shift that needs to happen, especially, you know, Isla got really sick with the flu. Uh, I don't know how many years ago we ended up at Cedars for in the emergency room for eight hours. They could not get her fever to go down from 103. And I was like, this is, this is bad. I mean, we're at, the best hospital here and they can't do anything pumping her full of fluids, putting like cool blankets on her and um, giving her medication, Tamiflu medication, medication. And it did eight full hours. And they thought like she was having appendicitis. It was just the flu. Um, makes the flu a little scarier when something like that happens. It's not just mm-hmm. the flu is life threatening. Yeah. Um, It also made me think like after all of, you know, after this is all over, is it ever going to be over? Who knows? But um, it just made me think about like attendance awards at schools and just how I've always thought it was just a dangerous precedent, that it really was just encouraging people to send their kids to school sick. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of people who do that because it's just an economic necessity. They need that childcare so that they can go to work. Um, but um, just living through this pandemic, it just makes you think like, oh my God, like why were we ever okay with people sending their kids to school? Like why was it like a kid who has a fever? Why are they not sent home immediately? Right. How right. were they let there in the first place? I just, it makes you think maybe the protocol, like at your school, your kid's school, Kathy, where everyone's temperature is taken, it's pretty easy before you go in your homeroom, do, 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 do you have a temperature? You go to the nurse, yeah. you know, that doesn't seem super complicated. I agree with you that people well, are doesn't seem super complicated is, you know, there is massive research over this past year that masks work. So the idea that Texas and Florida are like, ah, fuck that shit. Like, let's just not do it anymore. You're like, but I don't get it. Why? Like, what is the benefit of not wearing one? It's not like it's that complicated. It's not hard. It's not that uncomfortable at this point. Like, seriously? No. What's the problem? Why would you choose not to? Yeah. Like, that's the part that blows my mind about the decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't get it either. It reminds me about, of like the 1970s when there were no seatbelt laws. And people were like, you're not going to make me wear a seatbelt. Like it was such like, it's the worst thing in the world to have to wear a seatbelt. And then eventually it became a law and it was like, okay, and now we wear seatbelts and nobody even thinks about wearing a seatbelt anymore. Do they like, no, no, not really. But I remember that upheaval. 
Yeah. Uh, what happens if I get thrown out of this car and I'm trapped inside because the seatbelt in the car explodes? Well, guess what? You got some bad fucking luck because that won't happen much, right? How often does that happen? Yeah, more often it's you end up getting thrown into oncoming traffic because right. you're thrown you, from the car. Or yes. through the windshield. Yes, you go right. through the windshield. But yes, I am sure your Dodge Dart <laughs> is exploding because Dodge Darts exploded upon impact. But maybe you need a different car. Come on now. Yeah. And some of that was the stupidest arguing. But but they boy vehemently did, didn't they? So yeah, but you, I feel like it's right. the same sort of argument about it like is. I can't breathe and I'm not gonna wear a <laughs> diaper on my face and like you hear some of these arguments and you just go, are you serious? <laughs> like that's the thing. Like you can't even argue with people that say that, right? Like there's nothing to say in response to that. Oh, there is. You could say, boy, you must make a lot of snot. You are if an that's idiot. A <laughs> if that's a diaper. Jesus, how much liquid's coming out of your mouth when you talk? Mine is I dry as a bone. They've, they've got the neck thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it is interesting. It's going to be interesting in a couple of weeks what everybody's yeah. numbers look like. It's too soon, I think. I mean, well, how long you know have they will been be interesting too is just because, you know, they've lifted the mandates. I know there was a report that said there's a bunch of businesses that, are still going to require you to wear a mask to enter their business, right? Um, but what about like free will? How many people are still going to wear it anyway and be like, okay, I don't have to, but I'm going to because you're a fucking idiot. Right. I wonder, I wonder where people fall. Well, I went yesterday. Yeah. We are um, planting some larger trees on our, at our new house for privacy. And I went to this um, nursery that sells really big trees, right? And there was a problem. They gave away one of my trees. Like I had tagged it and they sold it to someone else. Really dick move. But we had to go in their like indoor facility. Obviously a nursery is all outdoors, but there are little like desks and stuff are inside this kind of warehouse, right? Not one employee had a mask on. Not one single employee. Indoors. None. Interesting. And I was there with the woman who's helping me. Um, do so, uh, choose some trees and she and I obviously had our mask on and she was like look around not one employee of this establishment is wearing a mask and I was like wow are we in Texas where is this nursery <laughs> it was crazy nobody had one on and she was like this makes me so uncomfortable I need I, I we we asked to talk to him outside about what we needed to talk to she was so very uncomfortable um and I was like, wow, how fast we move on, how fast we move, yeah. we move on, you know, it's too fast to move on. It was like a month ago. We had 15,000 cases a day. Right. It's One not month. even time to move on. Like, how can you consciously say, oh yeah, it's over. It's not like, yeah. Not till we're vaccinated, not till we're herd immunity, just not yet, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating. I literally, there were probably eight or 10 employees in that building that I could see and none of them had a mask on. I don't know if some people listening are going to be like, that's right. Nobody wears a mask here. Well, that's okay. But I just don't, I don't agree with it. I think that we've been an epidemic, we've been in an epidemiology nightmare for a year. We've, we've put in our time. Why would we throw all this time away 
for, you know, um, one, maybe two more months and everybody will be vaccinated pretty much. So why can't we just hang on for a couple more months just to make sure? I mean, especially knowing like what it takes to hang on. Like if it takes wearing a mask to hang on, like what's the problem? No problem. No, no, I don't get it. You know, people who are older than us and might be parents of ours, maybe now have their vaccines and it's like open season. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not sure, but I think you can still give it to somebody else. So what you doing running all over tarnation out there and then hanging out with other people who haven't been vaccinated? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It may not just be one set of parents. Interesting. I think it's happening a lot with a lot of people's parents who've gotten their shots and are now are like, party. And you're like, but huh, you're now you're a teenager who yeah. have no symptoms and give it to me. I don't really want it. I've spent this much time without it. So what are they doing? we got to wait till everybody's vaccinated. I think. Right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's like the Wild West out there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got my shot. Let's go to the rodeo. (laughs) Like, holy cow. I can't believe that's going on. But okay. Not what I thought. Yeah. And try parenting that. (laughs) It's hard to parent your parent. Yes, it is. I'd say impossible to parent your parent. (laughs) But anyway. Are your parents... Lenore, Lenore got her second. She just got her second shot um, on Thursday, so it hasn't. She is not even fully vaccinated yet. It hasn't been two weeks. It hasn't even been a week yet. And my mom still can't even get her first. Really? Yeah. She How is that possible? No yeah, idea. my parents haven't had their first. Really? Either. Yep. Yeah. How is that possible? They're still just vaccinating, um, like. 80 and over or 85 and over or something um, near where they are. And I mean, they're over 75, so it's, they're not spring chickens. Yeah. My mom too. My mom just there, they don't have the vaccine or she can't get an appointment to get it yet. So she like every day she goes onto the website to try and there's no availability. Like the pharmacy doesn't have it. Her doctor was like, yeah, as soon as we get it, we'll let you know. But Yeah, that's a bit frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. Very. That's very frustrating. I think you have to have someone quite savvy on your team. So I think that that is part of the problem. Lenore would never have maneuvered this. Like we did every single step of the way for her. And the first time she had to go to Dodger Stadium, which she couldn't navigate herself. She had to have somebody take her. And then we were able, it was a colossal effort to get her second shot, not at Dodger stadium because we couldn't actually physically get her there. Mm. Um, there's no way. I mean, she is not technically savvy at all. And clearly right. there are people in her age bracket who are much more savvy, but it was not easy. Let me tell you. Well, and my in-laws are quite savvy and uh-huh. my sister's in-law actually got them their appointments. Yeah. And my in-laws are really, really savvy. My mother-in-law is more savvy than I am in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they, Annie and Cotty hooked it up. And with my dad, you know, his stepdaughter did it. So yeah. I, I feel like that's true for a lot of people. If you don't have someone 
you know, in the know in some way. My dad got it because his stepdaughter works for the hospital. And they were like, anybody, friends and family who qualify in the, you know, in the high risk yeah. arena, bring them in. Um, and that, so, and he qualified, obviously, 70, 72, 73. So, but I feel this, I feel that that's so unfair for your, for your parents yeah. that haven't gotten it yet because that's not cool. Or for anyone in that age bracket. Why is that's it so I mean, complicated? Yeah. Shouldn't be so complicated. It shouldn't be like, wouldn't it just be easier if they, if you, you just said, go to your doctor, yeah. right? Every parent, every 80 year old adult can go to their doctor. Yeah. And just uh, distribute like, it. But going to Dodger doctor. stadium for yeah. a three hour line. Like that's not reasonable. Well, I guess the reason is partly because of the storage. I mean, you can't, I, do, I understand. I do, but uh, I don't know. Super How do you reach these people that, should be getting it and that can't or yeah. don't have people who are savvy enough to make the appointments for them. Yeah. You know, stinks. Yeah. Are you guys getting vaccinated? A hundred percent. Whenever it's available. Yeah. 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 Me too. I am too. Uh, are you worried about it at all? I, what I'm curious about the most thing I'm not worried about or curious about is, uh, so Max is 16, like he's right on the cusp. Does he get vaccinated? By the time the vaccine's available, he'll be 17. Like, where does that put him? And then what does that do to Lily? Are they getting vaccinated? How does that work? That's what I'm most curious about. I'm fine with getting vaccinated. I don't have any concerns about it. Right. So I think it's going to be like the flu shot. I think you're going to have to get a shot every year, just like the flu shot. Yeah. That's I would I imagine there's going to have so, to be a booster. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they'd have to be. I would imagine. I can't imagine you're one and done. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, we, Bert and I are both getting the shot. We have no hesitation, reservation, no second thoughts. I, unlike some people, I actually believe that doctors are good people and want to solve this problem in a healthy, safe manner mm -hmm. and not to put you at risk in any other way by creating something that would be problematic on some other field in your life. I just don't believe that that's the way the world works. I don't believe it works like that. So I know some people do go, go on with your bad self. I don't believe that. I believe they want this to be handled in as safe a manner as possible. If they didn't, we would have had a, a shit one from the Bintown market in Vietnam. You know what I mean? Some yeah. back alley place over in, you know, <laughs> over in some back alley place somewhere that gave you a shot with a dirty needle and we'd be done. Um, but that's not how, I mean, they've taken a lot of care to get this. Uh, and I think I, th I have no problem trusting it. Yeah. So any hoodles. Mm -hmm. Thank you ladies for another book club. Not so much about a book, but <laughs> a little bit. That's okay. It's the gateway. It happens. The book is our gateway drug. <laughs> yes. I can't hear you, Kirsten. Sorry, I forgot. I muted myself because I had a barking dog. <laughs> um, I was just saying that next one, next book club is going to be better because even if you both hate the book, I think there's a lot to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. I think so. I doubt, I doubt I'll hate the book. I'll be real shocked if I hate the book. So the book is Untamed, right? Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. remember the author. Untamed. Brennan Doyle. Okay from her. Um, and we'll do it. I like saying when we'll do it, like first week in April to give us enough time a month. Sure. I first guess week in April. 
Yeah. Okay. If if it's not released the first week in April, we'll record it the first week in April. So it's a lot of work. Sounds then, great. Okay. Well, thank you for always being willing to participate in the wife of the party. Hey, this is our social life now. I don't know yeah, this is our party. Yeah. I know. We've been dabbling in outdoor podcasts over at the studio. And Halston asked me, is this an outdoor podcast? And I was like, wait a minute. We can do an outdoor socially distanced podcast on wife of the party. What are we waiting for? And then I'm like, ah, it's just in some ways a lot easier to do it this way until we can really be comfortable. With it, it rained today anyway. I was so. going to say, and today's the <laughs> one day that it rained. <laughs> True. But in general, I was like, I don't know who is a slippery slope just yet as to who would be comfortable sitting outside six feet away. So we'll just wait until we're more sure we're comfortable. Sounds. That's going to be a nightmare for Halston, I would imagine. It's a lot of setup and breakdown. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. So it was very generous of him to even think that it was going to be over there. So thank you, Halston. <laughs> we'll keep it simple for you for the time being. Hopefully when we go over there, I'll just be in my studio and then I'll just be done. We'll hope. Well, I love you both. Love you guys. I miss you both. Always good to talk to you both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, I can't wait to have a cocktail with you someday soon. How nice would that be? <laughs> Maybe we should have a cocktail during book club next time just because. <laughs> Why not? Maybe just because we could have had one this time. We'd much, probably had a much better conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been a, like a, a two or three cocktail. Book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, enjoy your week. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye, lady. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.